right. Welcome, everyone. This is another episode of That Record Got Me High. I'm your host, Rob Elba. You know what this is. We have a guest on, and they bring a record that got them high, and we discuss it. It's literally that easy. And if you're new listeners to the show, if you notice that I'm not talking about Squarespace or Better Health or, you know, uh, coffee or anything like that. It's because I don't do any commercials because uh, we have patrons. So uh, the show is totally 100% supported by patrons of the show. If you're a regular listener, if you like the show, you might consider going to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and become a patron of the show. I really appreciate it. And I'm just, uh, this is not hyperbole when I said uh, the patrons of this uh, podcast are literally the best people ever in the world, my patrons. That's not even hyperbole. That's just fact. Uh, and speaking of patrons, uh, we have a patron on tonight. He's a returning guest. I'd like to welcome from Chicago, right? You are from Chicago, yes, aren't you? I'm in Chicago. <laughs> Mick Hans. Welcome to the show, Mick. Hi, Rob. Nice to be there. Yeah, it's great having you. Uh, how's everything in Chicago? Uh, things are good. It's a cold, wet uh, fall night in Chicago. It's actually kind of nice. Okay, good. And uh, yeah, me and... Uh, me and Mick were chatting a little before, and I told him I keep forgetting to mention that we are in our sixth season. A couple episodes ago, we started the sixth season of That Record Got Me High, which means I've been doing this thing for five years now, and it's very exciting. Right, Mick? It's exciting, isn't it? I'm excited. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, Mick, I'm going to be honest. I, I was not excited when you first told, because a, a while ago, I book, as people know, I uh, we book guests like really far in advance. So Mick uh, said, oh, you're going to be on the show again. And he said, yeah, I'd like to do this album. And it's not anything I had ever, it's funny because later you sent me a thing and said, oh, I'm sure you're probably familiar with them, but maybe, but it's like, no, I never heard of this band. No, but, not at all. Not at all. Okay. But also I'm really excited because it, you're doing an album release that just, that's really new. It came out last year. And yeah. you, you know how it is. Usually we end up people bringing records and, and 20 years old, 30 years old, a lot of people, because the records they love, a lot of times uh, they're older. But it, it's always exciting to me when someone picks a new record and this band or this guy, whatever, that I never heard of. He's amazing. He's unbelievable. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't believe and, and, that. And he's been putting out records like this for 35 years. So All right. So yeah. this is a gateway. If you like what we do tonight, there's a lot more to check out. I, I started already. I started <laughs> yeah. diving a little deeper. But tell us, what are we talking about? What sure. So we're, we're going to do Little Eden, which is the new record for a year ago. The newest record by the Bevis Fromm, uh, which is the band run by Nick Salomon in England, uh, who had a, a little bit of buzz in the uh, mid-late 80s, and mostly have just continued on doing what they do, which we'll talk about for a long, long, long time. And I'm sure there are a few listeners who are as into it as I am and have a ton of records like I do, and it might be new for some people. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm guessing it's going to be new for a lot of people just because i never i I just don't recall it at all and now i'm Hmm. kind of wondering why not uh all right so when did you so when did you first discover this guy because he's from sure should should i give kind of a little backstory yeah give us a backstory when he popped up and and so on yeah yeah let's do it sure so um again uh, nick salomon is the leader of the band um there are people in the band with him and tour with him and he tours occasionally um you can mention them later. Um, it was basically his band and his thing. And um, he was born in 1953. He'd been knocking around various bands that didn't really go anywhere, uh, really since the late 60s. 
Um, and somewhere, you know, early, mid 80s, 83, 84, something like that, he had a motorbike accident, just, um, you know, riding home one night in London, um, got injured and sued, I guess, the local council committee or something. So there was some kind of a not giant lawsuit where he got some kind of a moderate settlement. Right. And he bought a home studio set up, basically, and decided to um, make the vanity record he'd always wanted to make, you know, because he'd never been signed and his bands had never you know, done more than a single thing here and there. And um, he put out a record called Miasma. And um, it got attention. And um, then he put out another and another, kind of all from the same project, by himself mostly. And at some point in their um, Reckless Records, which I don't think is a real label anymore, but I could be wrong, um, put out those first couple of records. And Reckless has a retail store in Chicago. So somewhere in, I don't know, 87, 88, something like that, I, I was in a record store. You know, I was in one of the Reckless stores, and they were playing it. And I was like, wow, what's that? Um, I think it might have been the second record, Triptych, that I bought first. And I've pretty much stuck with it since. Ah, okay, wow. So you're an early, wow, so you've been a fan and you were an early adopter of him. And yeah, and I, I finally, like I said, today I went back to Miasma and I listened to that. Mm-hmm. And it's and it, it's good. It's definitely, it's funny because when I was reading about him, I saw a lot about psychedelia and that he was psychedelic. And this newest album, there's not much uh, psychedelic stuff on it, but I guess his earlier stuff was more psychedelic, more Hendrix yeah. uh, guitar yeah, type the, stuff. The, the earlier it, stuff was, I guess, a little more lo-fi, maybe like the early Guided by Voices records. Exactly, well, yeah. I was definitely going to bring that up because it is the earlier records are lo-fi, but they're but they have that that charm, that lo-fi charm, and that uh, they're a lot really good songs and really good like ideas. And some songs aren't completely fleshed out, but they're really interesting. And he's just got these uh, guitars. He's just like a, he's a really great guitar player on the, and on yeah. this album, the one that came out. I mean, that's the thing that just jumps out at me is the a the songwriting, but b just his playing, his guitar playing. He's like just off the charts, like great. Yeah, he's, ama- he's amazing. He's um, amazing, and it's so and it's amazing. Not just like a like a shredder kind of guy or anything, but just like these melodic, you know, well thought out guitar parts that just sort of take the songs to the next level. Right, right. Um, the uh, I mean, like Robert Pollard is guided by voices. Um, Nick is also just crazy productive. I mean, he's made at least two dozen records or something like that. A bunch of them are double records. Right. And they're good double records um, over the years. Um, the earlier, I mean, the, the stuff hasn't changed that much over the years, but the earlier records tended to be a little rawer, a lot more psychedelic excursions. Right, right, right. Um, you know, there might be little bits of um, audio silliness, not unlike, say, a Terry Gilliam cartoon in Monty Python would just appear at times in some of the early records. And this new one from last year, uh, Little Eden, is just a really good record. It kind of doesn't have the edges of the others. Um, I like all the raw edges. They make it really great. But 
this new record's just really solid. It is. It's solid. And it's like what what Mick did, he because uh, it's got it's a double album, 20 songs. So we figured out oh, we're not going to, you know, play clips of 20 songs. So you uh, gave me a really good 12 song playlist. I think it's good because I noticed what you did was you you left out the more maybe bluesy psychedelic numbers and everything and just made it like a real uh, like it works really good. This, the 12 songs you gave me. But then I eventually went back, listened to the whole thing. And yeah, the whole record's great, but it's not it's too much to absorb in in uh, one sitting i feel like your 12 song playlist you could absorb it in one sitting and go that's great but uh, yeah, the whole it was 20 hard to songs, cut down it's yeah. too much yeah but it's just too much but it's all really great so yeah we could talk about yeah, whatever. about half of them were like obvious and the other half were like it could have been any of them it could have right yeah absolutely and i kept changing every time i listened to it but you got to <laughs> stick with it at some point yeah. no that's good I, I appreciate it though you did uh, you did a good job and uh, it's funny i there was a quote i read of him uh, early on he said he said his uh, desire originally when he wanted to record was to record the kind of music i like to listen to i uh i wanted a hendrix wipers birds sound but with a distinctly british feel and that's like a great description right there of <laughs> of his stuff uh hendrix wipers bird yeah uh, well nick is an old record store guy i mean you can tell in his interviews you know he knows records right, he's right. been a record dealer he has been involved with little record labels um so he knows his stuff um, you know, I was trying to find some reference points, other ones, too, I, I kind of came up with. If you like Underwater Moonlight, uh, the, the Soft Boys record. Oh, okay. Positive vibrations shine through all creation. Positive vibrations. You know, that's not a bad re- it doesn't sound like it exactly but no. if you like that you'll like this yeah um early kinks there's certainly some radio early kinks how about uh, neil, how about neil young a uh, crazy horse sure, sure. of course Hendrix, our, neil young, all right how about a teenage fan club sure and teenage fan club you probably found in your research uh cover one of I did not, but that's awesome. That makes total sense because I hear that. And also a dinosaur junior, which I hear, a, uh, mm-hmm. I realize yeah. there's a lot, a, a lot of connection because not only in his playing, in his guitar playing, his tone, and that it, it, uh, it, he has the same sort of, uh, you know, not like him and Jay Mascus necessarily sound like each other, but they're both great guitar players that, that just are able to do these like, you know, great solos that sort of become a major part of a song. But his singing style, too, because definitely I would say his voice is something that people would have to get used to because it's not uh, yeah, it's right? an acquired taste. It's yes. an acquired taste, but he's got this like vulnerability and he's got this sort of way of singing where he's never pushing. Even on a heavy song, he's not pushing it. He sings sort of it's got like a vulnerable, like soft quality to it that takes a little getting used to. But then once you get used to it, I, I think it's great. I, I just think it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And, and he's a sharp lyricist. Yeah, um, his lyrics are, are great. There are little moments here and there where you're like, "Wow!" <laughs> yeah, right. And, well, that's true because yeah, some of the songs, yeah, he, uh, some of them will, will be like, "Oh, kind of," you know, uh, the lyrics they're okay, but then he'll throw in these uh, parts which we'll get to in the songs, just these uh, lines 
or couplets that are just like mm-hmm. really great. And he's also very earnest. I feel like his earnestness is something that comes across. Like has someone who he's very the the way that he's singing his songs. Like maybe maybe he could have gotten uh, some other singer to sing some of this stuff. But the fact that he's doing it all and everything, it just seems very very real and, and very earnest. Yeah, and actually, so for on this particular record, um, like I said, he's usually got a band which includes uh, Adrian Shaw as his usual bassist who has spent time in Hawkwind and Arthur, the crazy world of Arthur Brown even. Oh, wow. Um, who's you know, even older than Nick. Um, but um, on this particular record, he did everything as demos, basically. Yeah. And then went to his bandmates and said, uh, you know, what do you think of these? And they all said to him, you're done. Yeah, right. <laughs> you don't yeah. need to do anything here. I know. He's um, basically, I mean, there's a couple of tracks that Jan Kincaid is playing some drums on a couple, and Dave Palmer, I guess, is playing some organ. But aside from that, the guitar, the keyboards, the drums, the bass, the vocals is all Nick. Yeah, and and endless solos on top of solos on oh, top of solos. But so good. And we'll play, obviously, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to play clips of songs, but then also underneath I'll play some of the soloing because, uh, yeah, it's just it's just great. And we should get to it. Um, you know, uh, also, Mick, the, the opener, uh, another thing that it reminded me of was Bob Mould Sugar. Like, it could be like a, a sugar song. The first um, that's a good point. I, I didn't recognize that, but I love Bob Mould and I can hear that. Yep. Uh, and it's so good. Uh, very uh, sober warning. It begins with like a sober warning, probably meant for uh, people in England, his countrymen. But it fits perfectly fits us here, also in the states, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, his, his lyrics are sometimes kind of hard to pin down. They sometimes might have a loose theme, and the specifics of the verse will vary from verse to verse. Right. But um, I mean, think it's intentional. He clearly works on it. I think so. All right, let's listen to the opening track. Everyone, ride. out the uh, solo you know i just want to keep it going you, you'll want to drop in some bits of solos yes. somewhere in here i but have yeah, to sure. i have to yes because, <laughs> yeah because his soloing uh his guitar solos are lyrical and they sort of carry the emotions of the song as much as the lyrics do i feel yeah no they're, they're thought out for sure yeah I, I think i'm that first song is kind of a typical opener um it sort of lays out 
you know, you're going to have melody, you're going to have rock on this record, you're going to have lyrics you should pay attention to, and there's always infrastructure on Bevis Frond Records. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, there's transportation, there are buildings, there's architecture, there might be a nod to climate change, which is, you know, part of infrastructure. Um, you're going to hear a lot of infrastructure. Ah, so so Mick, is that, is that one of the things that draws you to it a little? Because that's kind of your gig, isn't it? A little bit? Uh, a little bit, my, my professional gig. I, I recognize it for sure, and it's nice to see. Oh, okay, nice. I, I, I like that. Um, yeah, th- just I, the- I, I, I am a government bureaucrat. I will acknowledge that. <laughs> All yeah. right. We'll, otherwise, no we'll leave that, as- leave that aside. No shame in the game. <laughs> uh, wake up, yeah, the whole uh, wake up children and gather around. There's a tour bus coming, going to mow us down. Uh, if we don't behave politely and obey the scary clown, everyone rise. He could be singing about us and Trump. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you skip the, the next couple of songs, which there's nothing wrong with it. And and away we go. And brain fatigue. Uh, they're great. Like I said, all the songs are great. But we got, uh, you know, we had to pare it down a little because it's a double album. So we have the next one we're going to play a clip from is it's got a really great ascending guitar intro. And it's a great song. It's called You Owe Me. <laughs> He's feeling a little slighted by the way he's been treated. Maybe he hasn't been treated. I, I, I think he is. Um, this comes up a lot in uh, the Bevis Front canon. There are a lot of angry rockers about one thing or another. He's not quite a punk, but there are certainly punk driving elements of it. Right. And I should mention, I'm going to play underneath because about three minutes in, this guitar solo comes in and it kind of like hijacks the song. It comes in and it goes on. <laughs> that was why I wanted to jump to this one next. The first big monster solo. Oh my god, it's kicked in here. Yeah, and it goes so for like 50 seconds. Yeah, and it's so great. Uh, the two, yeah. I wrote too long, but a perfect uh, guitar lead hijacks the song. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And this will happen again. Yes, it will. It will. Um, <laughs> all right. So now he, he shifts geared a little. This next one, they will return. A pretty a poignant song, right? Uh, sung from the yeah. from the view of someone older, which is not, I appreciate that in this album that he's obviously an older guy now. But uh, and so he's singing about from the point of view of someone that's you know. Lived uh, a life. There, there are some older rockers in this audience, yeah. um, including me. And... I think so. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, we'll listen to it and then we'll talk about it. There you go. They will return. I heard the dream was over, but everyone was bereft. That's just an old boy's excuses For getting out of his death You see him in his corner He says it's all turned out wrong And it's just not like the old days And all the good times have gone Some of those lyrics hit a little too close to home for this old guy. Uh, uh, me too. Right? Yeah, that second verse about the adult children when who don't you, come yeah, around exactly. anymore. Isn't that brutal? Yeah, yeah. It's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it nails it. You know. It does. Yeah, it, it really does. And, uh, and the acoustic guitars on this album, they hit just as hard as the electric guitars. I mean... Everything in this album is basically in the red, <laughs> which is yeah. which I love and I appreciate. I, I, I think this particular song and one we'll get to on the on the second disc are kind of the emotional core of the record. Yeah, um, it's sort of the you know the wise old Nick is narrating here along with all the rockers and yeah yeah yeah. Oh, it, it, it's great. All right, so this next one, find the mole. It's a great uh, guitar burner, but I we got to talk about it because I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? I'm not exactly, but I love it. It's a great song, but let's, let's listen to Find the Mole. so great i almost don't care but mick what do you think do you think i was thinking is is this just about trust mm, um maybe 
So my notes on this. Good. <laughs> so these are my notes. Uh, espionage? Question mark. Aliens? Question mark. Okay. Visitors? Question mark. <laughs> yeah. Rodents? Question mark. Yes. <laughs> okay. I know, right? Because yes, it's it's hard. Uh, yeah, it's hard to pin down, and maybe that's the, that's great. You know, yeah. maybe that's his. Uh, his. You need um, to find the mole. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um so you know one thing i i want to make sure i ask you what's with the name because may, by the way is it bevis because until you said bevis i in my head i was pronouncing it beavis <laughs> the beavis from but it's bevis from sure like beavis and butthead right you know in america sure <laughs> yeah it's it's bevis from and so there, there's actually a backstory apparently uh when he was about 15 his schoolmate julian temple told him that's what you should name your band Awesome. Yes, and Julian Temple, you know, explained who Julian Temple is, right? Julian Temple's the filmmaker. People said we couldn't play. They called us foul mouth yachts. But the only notes that really count are the ones that come in lots. <laughs> they all drowned when the air turned blue. But we didn't give a pass. filmmaker he's done a lot of rock movies and he's also the father of juno temple who's on uh ted lasso oh okay well that I, that I did not he's know. the love interest on ted lasso oh nice oh wow look at that yeah um yeah. oh that's yeah that, so okay julian yeah, temple she happened to be a schoolmate of his you know all those years ago right and he tells him to name your band the bevis front and he did yeah but, i don't know why but oh yeah. okay all right <laughs> <laughs> but there is a story to it. Okay, that's I good. Learned. Yeah, you know, high school <laughs> friends, whatever. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we get another. This is another one you picked. There's a good. This is a whole good run on the album. Mm-hmm. And the next one here. Let's listen to a little of "Do Without Me." He paints a picture, but he paints an incomplete picture. But I just love the opening and the chain stores closed and the mall was abandoned and the current temperature fell. Some of the toys were distributed to hard out children, but most gathered dust on the shelves. Yeah. So he's just. And then he's being harassed. Yeah. I've been beaten, lorded, <laughs> dropped and interviewed, uh, searched and questioned about my attitude. My attitude. Yeah. There are a lot of a lot of songs in, uh, that Bevis Fran does about being unhappy with the music business, which 
I think Skidder's through this one, but it's not the only thing going on. Right, right, right. And there are a couple of monster solos in this one. Too. Oh, yeah, this just the soloing in between the verses is so emotive and mm-hmm. evocative. Like I said, it's just they're just as important as the lyrics. That's really what grabbed me first about this record because, you know, Mick, like I said, someone gives me a record and I see it and I go, oh, okay, I never heard of that. And I don't know if I'm going to like this. And I got to, but the thing is, I have to listen to these records for a week, no matter what. <laughs> You're assigned. And yeah, and, yeah, and but it, I've just been enjoying it so much because then I'm, and I'm like, like excited. And then I'm thinking, well, is, there, is everyone going to know about this? And I'm thinking like my friends, some of my friends, like, like Rat, uh, my friend Rat Bastard, who I know we mention all the time, mm-hmm. is a huge mm-hmm. Guided by Voices fan. I'm thinking he has to know this band and you probably i'll probably tell me about it uh, of course you idiot what do you mean and he'll show me i'll have like 20 albums by him and stuff but you know yeah but, know. but even i bet rat like me doesn't have every single record he made there I don't are know. so we'll many <laughs> there, there are a ton of them right right um all right so uh we're gonna skip hold your horses and now we get uh this next one speaking of guided by voices i get a strong guided by voices robert pollard vibe on this next one let's listen to the the man in the garden grows his own I don't bother him And even to cultivate his seedlings Out of the sight of passers-by The man in the garden works alone On his greenery Funny. One of the things that reminds me of Pollard is his British accent, but of course he Nick comes by his accent. accent. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly has an opening guided by voice and riff, but I think the lyrics are totally Ray Davies. You know, Ray Davies. Well, yeah, because room. yeah, this is a very British, a uh, British thing, right? To write about mm-hmm. just like sort of a very innocuous everyday thing, but but to make it more than that. As an American, I guess so, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Not> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I feel like. But uh, yeah, I, I just love the whole idea of a song about watching a guy gardening you know, without his daily commitment. None of this grows. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's great. And it doesn't necessarily have to be anything more than that, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. There is, so the the next one, which you didn't say to play a clip, but it's a really great song, uh, As I Lay Down to Die. Yeah. Uh, yeah or, the, or the other one at the end of the other song. Right. Because this, uh, uh, this one, As I Lay Down to Die, has a uh, fantastic dual leads at the end of it, mm-hmm. which uh, at some point I'm going to put all that in there. But, yeah. um, but the next one you picked to play is, is also a great song. And it also I, has the word gardens in it. It has gardens, more gardening, cherry gardens, and also on this one, Mick, which I don't, you know, the reason we're th- I'm throwing out references is because it all sounded new to me, something, and oh wow, this almost sounds like the uh, church, like not the vocals, but the music hmm. sounds like a, a church song. Uh, okay. Let's listen to Cherry Gardens. 
So, yeah, also a theme I think that comes up a lot, sort of about how people change and maybe sometimes mm-hmm. you just can't go home again. Yeah, no, the previous one was literally about gardening. This one is more like a place that happens to be named Cherry Gardens in a state of mind, I think. Right. Uh, yeah, a, a state of mind. And uh, Mick, I, I wanted to ask you, have, did you ever get to see him uh, or them live? No, I never I never have. He hasn't been in the States a lot over the years. But yeah. there is some YouTube video you can find. Yeah, there's actually, I mean, it, it, it's actually because it is, he is pretty obscure. It's hard to find too much. Like I could not find lyrics to this, uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, it's pretty easy. The way he sings, it's very, it's clear and it's easy to, to hear what he's singing, which is good. Um, but I should mention if, if you buy the physical CD, there is a lyric in Well, you know what? I went to ba- I, I was going to say I should mention I, I purchased the download of it uh, through Bandcamp because he has a Bandcamp mm-hmm. with a bunch of stuff. And I got the download. The CDs sold out, actually. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Well, good. good That's because yeah. we're doing podcasts about. Them. I wouldn't have. Bu- I mean, I wouldn't have bought it anyway. I don't buy physical <laughs> things anymore. <laughs> but I'm happy to say that uh, that it's on there, and you could get this uh, on his Bandcamp, which is always awesome because then the artists actually see uh, the money, you know, which is great. I, I love the the kiss off line in there where he says, uh, "I can't believe how much you've changed from gentle and sweet to completely deranged." Yeah, it's great. That's there's great. There's a lot of those kind of lines on this record. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Um, all right. So there's always love is a really a really sweet song about letting go of anger and regret right and i i like the fact that he he, he'll sing something like this and it's very earnest but you know that he's not that he, he doesn't have any problem being this vulnerable sounding let's hear there's always love Yeah, Mick, you have tried you have tried anger and you've tried apathy, you have tried bitterness and you have tried tyranny, but there's always love. You could always try love, Mick. I know. I mean, it's important <laughs> to keep that in mind. It's good advice. Um, it, it is. Yeah. No, I this song, I think, like that one on the on the first disc, um, they will return or kind of similar emotionally and really exposed. Yeah, I, I, as I said before, I think they kind of form the emotional core of the record. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're it's great. It's really touching. And it, what you were saying before about these little little bits of uh, turns of phrases he used, because he says at one point about you are the moon and the star, like something very you know uh, you know that's used a lot. But then he says she was the light in the eaves of your cranial den. 
Mm-hmm. And that's a great line. It is. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's he's great at that. All right. So this next one, I I'm glad uh, I'm glad you picked the uh, title track. Very British. This one's very British sounding. Mm-hmm. And what do you know? The cover of the album is this very sad, stark looking like uh, it's, British. It's like decayed public housing. Yeah. Okay. But I wonder if you knew exactly what it was. was um, You know, he talks about it in some online interviews I I did find on YouTube a while back. And I think some of the notion of kind of a decaying England permeates this record. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. sure. And and, And he's got things to say about stuff politically when you see interviews with him. But it's not that literal in this song. But no. it's, the vibe is there. Yeah, the vibe very British. And I also like in this song, I noticed when he does uh, harmonize, he harmonizes with himself. And it's very uh, Bowie-like. Uh, I like. It mm-hmm. reminds me of Bowie-like. You could tell when, when Bowie harmonizes with himself, you could tell it's him doing it with himself. But there's something very appealing about it. And I hear it in this one, definitely. Let's listen to uh, title track, Little Lead. That's that's the thing. Uh, I mean, it just keeps pulling out more of them. It's kind of amazing. It, it is, and it's so funny. And, and I love. That's why I say I love the fact that this is a new album. Just came out last year. Because you always think. I don't know. I think that I don't write. I mean, I'm. I, I, I was a musician for a long time. Wrote songs. I, I'm retired now, basically. But at some point, you think. Is there real? Can you write any more songs? You know, aren't they all written already? But it's like, no, they're not. You could still write great songs. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. A few, a few people can. Yeah, a few people. Yeah, not not me. Yeah. Don't expect any from me, but uh, some people can, and he definitely did. Um, so mm-hmm. you didn't pick the next one. Uh, we're gonna skip. Here come the flies. But I just want to mention because he mentioned the wipers. And are you a fan Mick, of of the wipers? I, I don't know them that well. But if you want to go with here come the flies instead of the other one, I think well, that would I be mean, fine. Because I really struggled at this point. I, I couldn't pick among the. I wanted another rocker. And there were like five of them that were all good. Uh, right. 
I noticed that. Well, I'll play a little of it just because Let's I. Let's play it from the flies. Uh, well, I, I'll play a little of it just because I noticed that to me it had a very white bridge feel, mm-hmm. which are great. Uh, you would like them. You should definitely check them out more. Yeah. You would like them. I'll, I'll and check them uh, out. just the fact that he mentioned it, I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. But I could see that because also Wipers very. Uh, Greg Sage, uh, the, the singer guitar player, was a very melodic uh, guitar player and had a very distinctive sound. No, the one you've got a really musical, really catchy song pasted all over, especially the chorus. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could talk about it because uh, at first I didn't, I, I didn't know what he meant, but then I think mm-hmm. I, I think I do now. But let's just do paste it all. song but i think i was just overthinking it because uh, what do you think he's talking about what is he what is he saying well i worked on that too and i i couldn't come to a final conclusion i mean it pasted all over you could be talking about having your face pasted on billboards and magazines or that, that's you know, what are I'm you getting thinking. or are you getting punched in the face <laughs> see i'm thinking maybe it is someone who outgrew him you know they feel like they outgrew him and then they became famous and now they're uh, pasted all over the world you know their their faces pasted all over it, the world. it could be but i think he intentionally will move it th- he'll use a, a theme or a line and then he'll do several takes on it within the course of the song yeah so yeah which both is may be right yeah. great because it keeps two uh geezers like us uh, guessing mm-hmm. right so <laughs> we're, we're talking about it here we go yeah. that's right um, all right, so this one you picked, My Own Hollywood. This, to me, sounds like a single. And then I looked, and I think he did release it as a single, or it is, at least on Spotify, it is listed as a single also. You know, I, I didn't know that, but this is a, a good moment to bring in a little more of the backstory. Yeah, do it. So um, Nick will, is joking, jokingly says he's got two almost hits from his early records. One of them is called Lights Are Changing, and one of them is, is called He'd Be a Diamond. And they were both covered by Mary Lou Lloyd. Mary Lou Lord record that they tried to break her on that 
probably nobody else remembers except you because you live in Boston, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but she's great too. And yeah. she's on most of her records, she's had a, a Bevis Fromm song or two, and they, they've got a you know an artistic connection. Right. And this particular song we're about to hear reminds me of those two almost hits. It's it got the same vibe. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it does. I mean, this sounds like like it's I said, it's a great it sounds, song. Sounds yeah. like a single. It's a great song. Yep, let's mm-hmm. uh listen to My Own Hollywood. Like you were saying, it's sort of got that theme of sort of him not quite getting to that next level or, you know, the like sort of being on the sidelines uh, looking at Hollywood, you know. And it's got that great birdsy, jangly kind of thing he can do. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's so great. So catchy. I mean, uh, Mary Lou Lord should do this one, too. She should cover this. Maybe she will. She's good. Um, she is good. Her stuff is worth digging into if people don't know her. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. So <laughs> this is great. Mick, uh, Mick did a really good job because not only did he gave me his list, but uh, then on his final song, his 12th song, he wrote run out music. Like he's telling me, oh, you should use this run out music. And guess what, Mick? Of course, that's perfect. I am going to use sure. it. <laughs> of because, course you are. Yeah. Because it's a 10 minute plus song of this like breathless just the song itself is really great it's like this because finally he's got like this little cautiously hopeful uh, you know joyful little thing about about not giving uh like hanging on to your dreams you know and and never giving up and then and and of course and then it's got these guitars like the they they sort of go in and out and he's got uh, multi-track guitars going on in the end and it just goes on and on and it's so great it's it's wonderful, but I'm gonna play a little of it now, and then I'll play the rest in the thing. But let's listen to a little bit of "Dreams of Flying."
on and on and it's uh it's really great a great album closer the solo goes through like five minutes yeah layers and layers and layers and layers, and layers and then he brings it back right at the end he brings it back yeah. he sings one more chorus to to end out the song so all bevis fraud records have got one or two epic songs like this um some of them are 10 12 17 25 minutes <laughs> okay okay <laughs> <laughs> this is a relatively tight one right that that's funny. So what? So make if someone's listening to this and they're going, "Oh my God, this is great! I want to die." Where would you recommend? Because like I said, I went back. I was listening to Miasma, which is great. It's re- it's really raw, lo-fi sounding, but you could tell it's there's some great it's stuff him on and, there. Yeah. yeah, there is. I was listening to him go, "Oh wow, this is really good." But where? Uh, what well, other? There are some good ones to to start with. Yeah. There's a re- so um, Cherry Red Records started a reissue program with him at some point six, seven, eight years ago, oh, okay, and then nice. they abandoned it. Oh well, oh, well. <laughs> but they didn't fit. You know, they put out a couple and then they stopped. Right. Um, but they they put out one really good sampler of those first couple of records called "High in a Flat." So that's kind of a greatest hits record. Oh, okay, that's years. great. That's good. And it's hard to find on CD, but I think it's online somewhere. So that would be a good place. New Riverhead, uh, people point to as like one of his best records, but I don't know that it's any better than a whole lot of his others. Right. Um, he took a few years off from, I think, about 2004 to 2011, and everything he's put out since then is really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just... And, and everything before, too, but, you know. <laughs> right. I was blown away. I was blown away by this, blown away by the fact that I never heard of it, blown away that it was just came out, like, last year. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's great. Lots to go exploring, if, if this sounded interesting to you. Yeah, no, but that's great. And that's you... But, all right, so this is someone you you knew about and you kept up and yeah. followed, but are you still checking out new thing? Are you still listening to new music? Because that's the one thing that's hard to do. I mean, I... I at you this know, point, I am... I, I, you know, when people turn me on to it, or right. I maybe hear it on the underground garage or something in the car, but yeah. it's, it's hard. It's especially hard. Especially when right. your peer it group, is. you know, is not saying, hey, did you hear this very often? Exactly. I have to, that's the one thing. I mean, thank God I have the show or else I, you know, who knows? Yeah. I'd just be listening. Well, to no, I've thing. discovered some stuff on here that, I, you know, I'd heard of a little bit, but I wanted to dig in further that I didn't know. Right. So it's right. so done that for me, for sure. Well, that's what it's all about, Nick. And, uh, and everybody should join as a patron. <laughs> well, there you go. That's uh, what, a, what a wonderful segue uh, from Mick. Uh, don't that for- up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if, uh, you know, uh, no pressure for any of you, but if you if you really if you enjoy listening to the show and you say you know and and you just you you know you want you check out every week and then maybe some days oh I don't know if I like that if you're album. still listening after an hour of the bed is fried you're probably somebody who likes the show I think so I think so and then if you <laughs> yeah. if you're not a patron you want to just check it out go to patreon.com forward slash trjmh for a little the first tier is only two dollars a month you won't even you barely miss it you probably get charged like fake charges even more than that on your card mm-hmm. that you don't even know about now so um yeah if you want to i'd appreciate it also don't forget everyone on instagram and facebook you could follow me at that record got me high also that facebook group got me high on twitter it's at trgmh podcast email me at trgmh33 at gmail.com with anything i get i get a lot of i get great emails from people just letting me know that they enjoyed uh shows i haven't I, you know i'm not that i'm asking for bad emails for mean emails but i haven't gotten one in a while so not, <laughs> that's good but <laughs> usually they're not emails though usually they're like comments like on online or something so well i struggled with gas people so a little bit yeah, and i wasn't well, gonna i wasn't gonna send an email and complain right yeah that was right why would you do that yeah of course you would no you're a good guy um all right well yeah mick uh once again i'm really glad uh that you 
that you picked, uh, that you brought me an album that that's recent and that's great and I never heard of. Not that you know, not that that's what people have to do. It is name of the podcast isn't Stump Rob. You know, it's just that, that record got me on. <laughs> but uh, but it's great and I do appreciate it and I appreciate you and I appreciate all my patrons. So thanks again, Mick. Sure, it was fun. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you all next week. I'm Rob Elba. Get out of here.